It's a Monday. Welcome to the program. Nice Monday today, too. Good weather. Sun's out. Leaves are changing. Beautiful. My backyard, front yard for that matter, filling up with leaves today. No travel this week. Yard work. That kind of thing. But uh, but it's good to be home. And uh, it's good to be uh, good to be back from uh, from from traveling and doing everything that uh, you know we normally do throughout the summer months. Uh, I think the next big travel date we got coming up is probably going to be when we go to uh, see the Bears and the Packers down in Chicago, taking some charity people with us. But other than that, um, the, well, I guess we got to talk about it. We can talk about the good, and that was the fact that uh, the Badgers actually look like a football team. And that was a nice win. I I was I got to admit, Ben, were you pleasantly surprised at the way the Badgers played? Yes, I was, no doubt. Uh, the word I would use to describe it is fun to watch. They look like they were having fun out there. There was energy. The team they were playing is one of the worst I've ever seen in the Big mm-hmm. Ten Conference. But yeah, they did everything you needed them to do. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was nice to see. Badgers with a nice win over the weekend. We got to talk a little bit about that. The other aspect, uh, the other side of the coin, if you will, is the fact that the Packers stunk it up. I don't know how else to put it. Stunk it up. Um, I got uh, this morning. I got. A, I don't know if you saw the uh, the, the tweet, Twitter stuff back and forth, Ben, or not. But apparently, no. um, it's the media's fault. Oh, yeah, it's the media's fault. Uh, a couple people blamed us because we talked about this team getting better and talked about, you know, our thoughts at the beginning of the season that the defense got better and the offense was going to be okay without Devontae. And and I, I said, well, wait a minute. Um, did you think that the talent they added or kept – was better it was pretty good defense last year i think overall we could all agree upon that not a bad defense so this person said well yeah but they didn't get better and i said well where did they get worse well they got rid of zadarius and i i had to remind this person i said well wait a minute zadarius didn't play last year he had like a couple of snaps and that was it there was nothing so (laughs) they it wasn't like they got rid of Zedarius and well, because he was an influence in the locker room. I'm like, I really wasn't there too much either, and he held a lot of resentment because nobody talked to him. So how can you say that you know they're 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 we got rid of a lot of good players. And everybody thought at the beginning of the season, when they went out and found uh, the Georgia connection, if you will, and started drafting, I think we can all look at Quay Walker and say He's been a sideline-to-sideline guy, and he's getting better. He's learning. Yeah, he's going to get beat every now and then. He's a rookie. But I think we can all agree he's a hell of a player. Okay. Well, Darnell Savage sucks. Uh, Jair sucks. It's It kills me when somebody gets burned, they suck, but when they make plays, nobody says a word. Nobody gives them credit. Darnell Savage came into the league a couple of years ago as a hitter. And between him and Adrian Amos, they've really kind of, kind of solidified the backside of that safety position. I, I, you know, maybe he's the weakest link on a decent defense. But uh, I, I look at Darnell Savage. I thought he's always been a pretty good player, but he got burned yesterday, and he's a liability. Why is he on the field? He needs to go with Amari Rogers. The complete overreaction. 
And we, the media, have overhyped him. And Brian Gutekinds listens to us, and therefore it's our fault. I was like, wow. I Man, okay. Didn't see that coming. Didn't know we had that kind of power, to be quite honest with you. I, I didn't, didn't, didn't realize that. So, okay, I understand that. Uh, the offense, we are the ones that drove Devontae out of town. I, which I had to laugh a little bit. I said, well, what do you mean? Well, because we beat on Jordan Love so much, Devontae knows that he's not going to get the numbers that he needs to get to get into the Hall of Fame with Jordan Love. Therefore, Devontae wanted to leave because of us. I, I, that was, to me, I'm thinking to myself, wow, uh, okay. Did not realize that we held that kind of power. We really have to watch what we say, Ben. Apparently... Uh, you know, there's God, and then there's the saints. You know, all the and not the New Orleans saints, but all the saints that are just below, below God. Uh, and then there's there's us. Uh, I I didn't realize in the hierarchy of things that that we had that kind of power, but apparently we do. So, that being said, uh, I can also say that I think Joe Barry's defense sucks. I think his calls suck. I think third and thirteen. And you're playing 16 yards off the ball sucks. I think the fact that you are gutless and don't play aggressive, you play reactive, you play wuss football to keep everything in front of you, you don't take enough chances. Now, if you're getting burned consistently, that I understand. But I think it's poor, and I think it's a step backwards from where you were last year. I think the offensive play calling is inexplicable. I think it's bad. I think the first 20 or so plays that are scripted work. I think it's it, proof is in the pudding and the fact that this deep, this offense, this offense has put up 65 points in the first half of games this year. 65. And only 27 in the second half. And two of those points were given to them yesterday. They, whatever teams, in the halftime adjustment thing, which has been, and I don't want to overblow it by saying that, you know, teams are making adjustments and the Packers aren't. I'm sure the Packers do something. But whatever teams are doing or whatever the play calling becomes, shotgun, pass, 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 shotgun, pass, 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 shotgun, pass, 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 throw a run in every now and then just to say we did it. Uh, when the run had been working, uh, I I don't understand the garbage that was explained on that last pass that got batted down zero pressure and this and that well it doesn't matter because if you look at the if you look where Aaron Rodgers was throwing it he clearly was locked onto Lazard and Lazard was covered like a blanket over a child going to bed at night that was going to be incomplete I don't know why he would go in that direction um it was poor it was poor and, and I understand that the thought that this is going to get better and that this is more execution than it is uh, philosophical play calling and such, but I, I'm I'm not I'm not overly buying it right now. You know, you've got second and short, third and short, fourth and short, and you're throwing it constantly out of shotgun. I what that? Why do you have Corey Dillon? Well, what did you draft him for? Just to be the the thunder next to the lightning uh, occasionally? I mean, you know, why? 
And here's the other thing. And this is not even to run the football and use Corey Dillon. Here's the other thing. And this is something that I think Matt LaFleur has to answer. Do you believe your offensive line can get you two yards? Let that sink in for a second. Do you believe your offensive line can get you two yards? I remember back when Mike Sherman took the Packers into Philadelphia, the infamous 4th and 26. Ben, I'm sure you remember that game. I was young. I do. So I think I said Corey Dillon. I mean A.J. Dillon, yes. Um, Okay, the 4th and 26. I remember Mike Sherman saying to the offensive line, we're going to ride you. We are going to ride you. You are going to win this thing. We are going to be right there. Okay, great. And then when it came to the fourth and goal, he kicked it. And the offensive line looked at him and said, you're a liar. You don't have faith in us. I wonder if this offensive line has the capability to get two yards. That's what I want to know. Or, which is the bigger indictment, if you're losing in the trenches, you're not a good football team. Maybe we did overhype things. I thought for sure that when Bakhtiari came back, you know, as Matt Matt LaFleur always says, we're going to put our best out there. Well, are your best out there? Elton Jenkins, as good as he is, is a much better guard. Then he has a tackle. Pressure's coming up the gut. If Bakhtiari's in there, is it Bakhtiari on the left? Nyman on the right? Swinging uh, Elton Jenkins into that uh, right guard position? Running over at the left guard position? Josh Myers at your center? And can that group get you two yards? That's it. It wasn't like the clock was, you know, you were down to the last two seconds. I I don't understand it. You had two shots at that. And you chose shotgun to throw. And if you watched when Aaron Rodgers was under center, the defense had a hesitation to it. It just it just seems like things flow better. They did have some success out of shotgun, and they had some success running the football out of shotgun. I'm not to say that it never works, because that's not true. I'd be lying. But I just don't understand. You come out, you're under center, you're in shotgun, you're under center, you're in shotgun, you're running the ball, you've got motion, and all of a sudden it's like, well, we're out of plays. Aaron, do your thing. And then after the ball game, and we're going to hear some of the cuts from Aaron Rodgers, but after the ball game, specifically asked, by the way, the uh, Carolina Panthers have now fired their head coach, Matt Rule. Just an FYI. First one to go. So... When you're, I, I'm watching this, and it's like you're just diverting to whatever Aaron Rodgers wants, and that seems to be the perception. Aaron Rodgers, after the game, said, I don't know. I don't call those plays. I like those plays, but I don't call those plays. Basically saying, in a question, give Pete Doherty credit, because Pete had stones. Pete said, Aaron, things are working. You're throwing the ball. You're in shotgun. You know, you, you were. he didn't put it in that particular term, but everybody knew what he meant. He did it very delicately, but I give him credit. Pete Doherty, yeah, you actually asked a question. There you go. 
And Aaron said, I don't want I don't like it. I don't like where this is going. Because he knew. But he said, I'm not calling the plays, but I like the plays that are being called. So in other words, hey, it's not me. It's not me. I like what he's calling, but it's not me. Don't blame me for uh, not being creative. Don't blame me for walking to the line of scrimmage and changing things. No. Nah, baby, nah. Ain't happening. I just thought it was a really indicative game of the way things have gone and now the trends are happening regarding the Packers. You come out, you score a few, maybe give up a a, a touchdown, a field goal. You start to get a lead and don't even, if you're a Packers fan, don't even worry about holding your breath. Know for a fact that the offense is going to stall and the defense is going to start giving up points. It's like when you have the ability, I don't know if it's the need for any other head coach, but when how long has it been when you've seen somebody, now it's hard to do in the National Football League because they're getting paid to, but when you have the ability to put the hammer down, you are a, a, a knockout blow away from delivering that punch to the grill that just puts a team into submission and you've got this one. Why is it we see time and again, time and again, this team allow a team to come up off the mat and make it a game and or win a game? Why? Why? And if this team got, and this is exactly what I said at the beginning of the season, if this team finds themselves down, I don't look for much. They were forcing the downfield game yesterday consistently for whatever reason. Kept throwing it and throwing it and throwing it. No success, no success, no success. Really, nobody open. 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up? Let's do this. We'll take a break. Eric in Green Bay, your first shot of the shoot. When we come back, listening to us on WDUZ, the mighty WDUZ there. And I'm going to start taking phone calls. Coming up at the end of the hour, we've got Matt Mitchell. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the spreads and such. Also, Eric Baranchek is going to be here. We're going to break down the film from yesterday. But I want to get your reaction. I want to get your reaction on all of this. Is the sky falling? I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought Paul Charchi and said it best yesterday. Real quick before um, we go to uh, we go to break, um, Paul Charchi yesterday, and he put it very succinctly in regards to the Green Bay Packers. He said the Packers get pretty much whooped in game one against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, they get a pretty easy win over Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears in week two. A narrow win over a weaponless, beat-up Tampa Bay team. They nearly lost to Bailey Zappi. And then you lose to Daniel Jones with only three wide receivers, no corners, and three of their starting five offensive linemen gone. And you get beat. There's no way you can look at this team and go, oh, that's a team destined for greatness in the postseason. You can't. Not right now, you can't. The hope that you and I have at the end of the tunnel, that's the light, is as the season goes on, they get better and they find themselves. But you tell me what's going to get better. What's going to get better? 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. 
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, do you want to run into a loaded box or do you want to try to get it through the air? And unfortunately, that, that, that didn't work for us. So give credit, you know, Winks, a guy I totally I got a lot of respect for, and he outcoached us in the second half. Those are the words of Matt LaFleur talking about Wing Martindale on the defense. He outcoached him in the second half. It seems like every coach has outcoached you in the second half. It's becoming a trend. When you look at your ability to score in the first half, 65 points total so far this season through five games. In the second half, not only have you only scored 27 points, in the third quarter alone in three specific games, three out of five, you've been shut out. You've been shut out. And had it not been for the safety yesterday, you'd have been shut out for the third time in five contests in the fourth quarter. Your second half stinks, Coach. Stinks. Stinks. So either it's adjustments or play calling and you just run out, whatever it happens to be, you're not getting the job done. Uh, Defensively speaking, real quick, defensively speaking, the Packers... Uh, our fifth best, fifth best in yards per game given up, fifth best. When it comes to points per game given up, they're 11th in the league, 11th. It's not bad. Against the run, they are terrible. They're 21st in the league. I'm, I'm not sure, Bill. I wish I had the answer there. Right? Defensively, they don't stop the run worth a damn, and they were supposed to be better up front. And yesterday, as a matter of fact, it was Jerron Reed, Kenny Clark, and T.J. Slayton, the big bodies, more so up front than anything. Uh, But defensively speaking, they are second best against the pass. Right? You're probably going, well, wait a minute, right? They don't stay. The problem is that teams are driving the ball. They're running the football. The Packers are giving up. Uh, first downs, uh, third down yesterday was awful for uh, the defense. And they're able to keep drives alive, and they're putting up points in the second half of ball games pretty steady. The Packers uh, this this year have given up 23 points in the first quarter, 24 points in the second quarter, 19 points in the third quarter, and 30 points in the fourth quarter. It's like you you have a lead and you take your foot off the gas. That's Joe Barry. That's Joe Barry. You take your foot off the gas and suddenly you forget how to play defense. You forget how to tackle. Uh, offensively speaking, they are ninth best offensively in yards per game. Ninth. Not bad. Top 10. They are 22nd in points per game. They rack up the yards, but the drive stall. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Eric listening to us in Green Bay. Eric, how you doing today, man? What's going on? All right, Bill. What's happening? Thanks for taking my call, man. You bet. First up, go. Hey, hey I couldn't uh, – you, you couldn't have played a better clip right before coming back on because the that particular answer to a question from LaFleur actually has a lot to what I, with what I want to speak about here. I don't know what's going on in halftime of these football games. But when you see the whole second half, Rodgers on the sideline shaking his head, like, what are we doing here? You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's like, what's going on at halftime? They seem to be 
in this mode where they're coming from a point of weakness. Let me explain myself. The first half, you had some creative play calling. The, the touchdown to Mercedes Lewis was brilliant. That was creative. Right. There wasn't anybody around him. Nice little touch pass floated beautiful over the line. Play. Bam. Beautiful play. Yep. And complete Nothing play action like going that. the other way. It was, it was a beautifully called play and executed play. I agree with you. Yeah. Nothing like that in the second half. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that LaFleur said was, and right, you played it right before he came back from break, was, was well, they're going to load the box. You know, what are you, what are you, you going to do, run against that or try to get it to the air? So what are you trying to tell me, LaFleur, is if the other team makes any kind of adjustment to deal with what you're doing, you're just going to assume that's going to work and you're not going to do it anymore? You're not going to say, yeah, try to stop us. You know, right. that that all they needed was a first down and then they have four cracks inside the two-yard line to get a touchdown. And what happened to, like, running Caleb Jones out there, throw an extra lineman on the line, call him eligible or whatever, and say, yeah, we're running the ball. Stop it. They seem to always... Oh, the team made an adjustment. Well, we can't do that anymore. Well, how right. did you? How do you know? Have you tried to do it again yet? So they seem to play towards the other team's strength rather than to play towards their strength. They're not. They're, they're playing to the other team's perceived weakness rather than playing to their own strengths. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I completely agree and, with you. And, and that I, an- I that answer epitomizes part of the problem is the mentality yeah. that this is what it is. We can't do this because they did this. Yeah. And that's defeatist. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I, agree. I don't get it. And the, and the halftime, I don't know what's going on in halftime, but th- this team went from, I mean, when halftime showed up, but, well, another thing, too, is why does the defense seem to ease up right before halftime? Because they should have gone into halftime up 20 to 6 or 20 right. to 3, not 20 to 10. You know, so they eased up before before halftime. But still, I'm thinking, well, if the second half goes like the first half, it'll be a 40 to 20 game, right? right. Uh, wrong. No. Nope. Nope. And, and I, so I, I wish I was a, a fly on the wall at halftime to hear what's going on in there. But Rodgers was clearly not happy the entire second half. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. what, what happened in the locker room? Thanks for taking my call, Bill. Have All right, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, pal. I agree. I mean, the, the the proof is factual. It's not I'm not like making it up. I, I have never been a big believer in halftime adjustments. You adjust as you go throughout the game. Rogers has talked about that. But I'm thinking to myself, there is something to the fact that you've put up 65 points in the first half and only 27 in the second half, and two of those points were given to you. I mean, that's that's a that's a huge disparity. I know, Pac fan. Caleb Jones wasn't available. I wasn't going to stop him at that point. I'm not going to. I, I get what he's saying, but I, that's a huge disparity. It's the it's the try something different creatively, or kind of with what got you there. Were they stopping? The next question is: Were they stopping it consistently? You know. What, were, were you all of a sudden incapable of running the football? Was that something that wasn't available anymore? 
I, that I don't I don't really know either. Aaron Jones was averaging almost five yards a carry, and A.J. Dillon was averaging almost six. They only touched the ball 19 times between them. And can we please use Christian Watson as something other than just the end-around guy and the jet sweep guy and the wheel-route guy? I mean, there's there's this is the guy that has the speed to actually go downfield. You just, did you just quit on him? Now, I know that Christian Watson, again, has a, a tweak, so we'll have to watch that as it goes. But come on, man. Oh, look, Christian Watson's in motion. There you go. Okay, it's good. they're going to pitch it to him. There you have it. Okay, tackle him, three-yard loss. We've all seen the one play. All right. Craig says Watson is the new Clay Matthews, hamstring injury every week, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it right now. Maybe Matt Rule's available now that uh, he's been fired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Maybe he's a better defensive coordinator. Who knows? Paul Christ. I think there's – Paul Christ. I think <laughs> – don't start. I think there's talent here. I don't think we overestimated the talent. I think it's being used differently. And this was a game – that we all pretty much looked at and said the Packers would win, and then they lost. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, we figured they would lose, but they won. So this was the this was the exchange game. This was the give-you-back game. It's unfortunate, but this was the give-you-back game. Should have never lost that game. Should have never lost it. Oh, by the way, uh, one other side note, kudos to Packers fans, man. I uh, got a lot of friends that ended up going over to London and took a few days off, went over. Packers fans were just rocking that place. If you heard the ovation when the Packers and, and Aaron Rodgers were introduced, uh, a huge, 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 huge turnout for the Green Bay Packers. I, it was a really solid display. And all the bars, I saw a lot of the bars, that uh, specifically the ones that are sponsors and or support us, but I saw pictures from bars all over the state of Wisconsin. I mean, they were open early. Fans had poured out. This was a really, this was almost like a celebratory day in many ways as Packers fans and Packers Nation kind of came together. And then to watch that crap, we'll come back. More phone calls, I promise, when we get to it. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. We are back at the Mecca in the Deer District. Coming up on Wednesday night, the huddle is back. We'll see you down there, and it's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose in London, 27-22 to the New York Giants. Despite over a dozen players on their injury list, the Giants are now 4-1 under first-time head coach Brian Dable. A good hard-fought win. Again, it came down to the end. Our guys competed for 60 minutes. Made a few more plays in Green Bay. We've got things to work on. Obviously, some nicks and bumps and bruises. A long trip back. Get at it. Go next week. In the final minute, the Packers had the ball on a third and two and a fourth and two, but ran pass plays. Both were deflected. Shouldn't they have just run the ball? Running back Aaron Jones after the game. I put my money on it. You give me an AJ two downs to get two yards. Uh, I put my money on it. So, uh, But at the same time, I'm not the quarterback, so I don't know what A-Rod's seen. Um, and they made a good defensive play to bat it down. So, you know, we just go back to the drawing board and 
put our heads down and keep working. The Packers had a couple of three and out drives while New York scored on five consecutive possessions. Aaron Rodgers. You know, those two drives hurt us. We had a decent drive to get down there on our first drive of the second half and then sack on third down and then three and out with two opportunities to make plays on the next drive. And by the time we knew it, we were down seven. So the Packers fall to three and two. Up next, they'll face the Jets, who are now three and two after beating the Dolphins 40 to 17. Matt will floor on what troubled him the most on the loss. Everything. You know, it wasn't good enough. Give New York all the credit. Mike Kafka, Brian Dayball, their players going out there and, and coming up with a good plan and then out executing. That's what happens in this league. And if you don't come ready to play, and not that we didn't come ready to play, but they obviously out executed us in the second half. And like I told our team, it's just disappointing, but we can't let one loss compound into another. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Everything worked flawlessly uh, when it comes to the uh, when it comes to the backups. I don't know specifically what happened, but um, all of a sudden the two grids of internet went and generators kicked in, and you know backups kicked in, which is great, which is what they're supposed to do. But um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But uh, good to be back. Uh, so we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and his you know response, if you will. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, you've you you know, Aaron Jones right there even said, "Hey, look, we we thought we could get two yards, but they chose to throw the ball, and it is what." It, I, let, let's do this. Uh, let's get to the phone calls real quick. We'll get Matt Mitchell coming on here in a minute or two. We're going to talk some betting, but uh, let's go to Terry. Terry, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Bill, good morning. How are you? Good today. What are you thinking? Well, here's my thinking. You've always said one thing, uh, which I always agreed with, but ESPN kisses LeBron James's ass. Mm-hmm. I am convinced this Packer head coach does nothing but kiss Aaron Rodgers' ass. Every foot, every inch, every yard he can get to add up his stats is what they're after. The, Bill, the Giants were 28th against the run on defense. 28th. Right. Tell me, you can't be that stupid. I'm sorry for being so ignorant. I, but my God, this is, this is idiotic. I get it. Mm-hmm. The coach is kissing Aaron Rodgers' ass is because they want Hollywood happy. But I um, I don't know why they call these pass plays consistently. Look, I, I understand certain defenses will dictate certain things, but when you're looking at two shots at getting downfield, getting two yards, and you choose not to take it because you don't think you have that ability, that's more of an indictment of your run game, your offensive line, and bowing to the will of the quarterback to throw the football. Now, the quarterback threw the coach under the bus and said, I didn't call those plays, but I like it. But my question is, why is the first half so drastically different than the second half when it comes to the ability to move the football and score points? That I would like him to answer. And, you know, that's a very good question. You know, all, all I know is you go back to the last drive. Of course, two ball, two balls that were batted down. And you know, I go back to this, Bill. Again, the Giants are twenty eighth against the run. You are running the ball at will. I believe you said you don't you don't stop until they stop you. 
And right. I don't understand all of a sudden why we had to put the ball in Rogers' hand at that point. I understand he's a four-time MVP and all this and all that. Mm-hmm. But I just got a feeling it's about getting him every yard they can get. And because he wants to be the hero, he wants to walk off when he used to carry that championship belt where Aaron Jones, both our running backs, might be the best in football. And it's tired of watching Aaron Jones rush for 10 yards a carry and only getting seven carries a game. It's right. very difficult watching that bell. Yep, so, I, I agree. I, and I, I Again, this is another where he's going to stand up there and he's going to say, well, you know, I need to look at that and next week we need to, you know, like just like a game one when they only ran to those guys, what, like nine, ten times? And they got each guy about six touches and that was it. And then he's going to stand at the podium and go, well, we need to look at that. Well, you were running against a defense that's not good against the run and suddenly you can't run the football or get away from it. That That's mind-blowing to me. Well, it is to me, too, and I'll end it with this again, Bill. Again, I'll repeat myself. The coach of the Packers is kissing Aaron Rodgers' ass, and I wish he would do pull it out and become a real head coach and use an offense and use one of the best, the two best running backs we have before they get injured. Uh, I would like to see them run the ball a little bit more, and that should be the that that should be the identity of this offense at this point. Until you've got somebody other than just Randall Cobb that emerges and really becomes another legit wide receiver, or or appreciate the phone call, or you go out and pick up somebody like an OBJ or somebody that's going to come in and help you out. That's just that's just my thought. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's do this. Let's bring in our guy Matt Mitchell, of the Action Network. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great. The Mariners are on to the next round. The Buffalo Bills with the toast of football. I'm having a great time. <laughs> I do want to talk about uh, the, the the baseball postseason. You've got the Phillies and the Braves. Like you mentioned, the Mariners and the Astros, Guardians, Yankees, Padres, Dodgers. I start with the Padres and the Dodgers because the Dodgers were a dominant team this year. The Padres only winning 89, but at the end of the season, uh, you know, without their stars, they ended up pouring it on and they get into the postseason. What is the likelihood that they get past the Dodgers at this point? They are plus 170 in this opening game, and they are almost 2-1 to one to beat the Dodgers. But as you mentioned, a lot of these baseball series, you know, betting on baseball, it's not how you started, it's how you finished. They're, they're a hot team. They're coming off absolutely um, breaking the hearts of the Mets faithful uh really broke their spirits last night these two teams can't stand each other and the padres essentially uh, kicked off an arms race on their own to dethrone them and they're they're getting exactly what they asked for so i think if you're betting this series you go with the padres and have fun um phillies braves and we know that there's an interest there in the phillies because of our own ben kenny phillies taking on atlanta atlanta 100 win uh, one wins this season the phillies eke into the postseason but they do get that win in the wild card series give me uh give me the phillies momentum coming into this one we gave out the phillies on your show last week it was an absolute thrill ride watching the Cardinals blow blow that lead in, in just incredible fashion coming up against the uh the atlanta braves though it's going to be a whole different animal Phillies got a lousy bullpen they are susceptible to long stretches without hitting, but at plus 150 on the series line, you know, if you're if you're into momentum, they certainly have a lot of it. You wonder if Atlanta's going a little stale, but with their with their championship pedigree, I think it's going to be a, a tall task to get past the Braves in this round. 
I want to get over to the NFL because you got one coming up tonight. The three and one Chiefs hosting the one and three Raiders. The Raiders finally get their first win of the season last week. The Chiefs seem to be now in still the cream of the crop when it comes to the West, even though the West was supposed to be incredibly competitive. Give me your thoughts on the Chiefs and the Raiders coming up tonight. I'd love to be contrarian and say the, the Raiders are worth a flyer, but they look totally listless. Their coach, Dennis Allen, looks a little bit lost at sea. The, you know, Patrick Mahomes is 5-1 and one on Monday Night Football. His only loss is that weird game against the Rams a couple of years ago in Mexico. He's 22-3 and three against the AFC West in his career straight up. Uh, he's never lost at Arrowhead coming off uh, a road game. They're just coming back home after a two-game road trip. Uh, they are. They're just. They just dominate this uh, this team in this division. Uh, Mahomes versus the AFC West on extended rest, undefeated seven and one straight up. David Carr is uh, one and seven uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Like everything points to Kansas City rolling them. Uh, our guys like Kansas City minus four in the first half. I fear it will get dark very early for the Raiders. Uh, I got to ask you next week. Now the Packers lost to the Giants. First of all, I don't even know. I can't find the stat on if a team has lost to the New York teams, Giants and Jets, in back-to-back weeks ever. But uh, the Packers, only seven-point favorites coming into this one at Lambeau Field after just an awful performance, specifically the second half of their games, have been lackluster all season long. Give me the likelihood the Jets had also 3-2 and two, coming into Lambeau Field and possibly getting a win. Yeah, it, it really is the the opportunity to you know when you're, when you're betting on the NFL, you always want to buy low, sell high, um, and I feel like it's a great opportunity to sell high on the New York Jets playing a, playing a third string quarterback in Skylar Thompson. Yesterday, they looked fine, but the game was very much in doubt still deep into the second half. Zach Wilson is still not a good quarterback. I don't expect him to roll into Lambeau Field against a, a pretty uh, a pretty angry Packers team and escape with a victory. And seven might not be too much to ask. I do worry, as everyone should, about the, the effects of coming back from London. That is a that's really unfortunate for this Packers team. Uh, so it, it's a big number, but I, I find it very hard to believe that Zach Wilson and the New York Jets are going to defeat the Packers at Lambeau. If that happens, the Packers got big problems. I uh, was somewhat shocked that Joe Burrow could not do anything against that craptastic secondary of the Ravens. What we didn't count on was the fact that the offensive line of the Bengals sucks and they can't protect him to save his life. So the Bengals on the road taking on a decent Saints defense, a one-point favorite down there. Is that something where I take the Saints all day long? Yeah, it's a it's a very tall task to go into the Superdome and escape with a victory. doesn't matter what that team looks like. I actually like Andy Dalton under center for the Saints. Um, the Bengals do kind of appear to be figuring it out some ways, but that offense is it, it just not working, and their offensive line is dreadful. And, and as you know, Bill, like you don't have an offensive line in the NFL. You don't have much. And these poor guys are going to – it reminds me of uh, – of Carr back with the Texans 20 years ago where they, they drafted him number one and they just let him get his, his butt beat into the ground every game until he retired. I'm worried Joe Burrow's on that same trajectory because this, this line is not it. And the Saints have a tremendous defensive line. I think the Bengals might be a popular play, but short road, um, short home dogs like the Saints, that's a, that's a smash spot. Then next week, you've got the Bills and the Chiefs and the big game that everybody's paying attention to. The Bills on the road, matching up with the Chiefs yet again. Bills 4-1, and one, Chiefs right now 3-1. and one. 
and uh, Buffalo an early two-point favorite, surprisingly on the road in this one, even though they, they're the team that everybody's picking to go to a Super Bowl this year. That game is a huge one also. I want to talk about the, uh, the Sunday night game, Cowboys and Eagles in Philly. So give me your thoughts on the Bills and the Chiefs. As a, as a Bills fan, I'm, you know, I have this one circled all year. I am frustrated that it's in that late afternoon window as a father of two kids under six. I'm not going to win father of the year on Sunday, <laughs> that's for sure. But I, I think the Bills are, are looking to give them an absolute dose. They, they, you know, they beat them last year in the regular season in Arrowhead in that weird game delayed by lightning. But I think the Bills kind of had their number, especially in the regular season. Uh, you know, they, they beat them with, you know, except for 13 seconds, they beat them last year in the playoffs. I think the market reflects that. The Bills are the better team right now than the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it'll be a dogfight, but my money would be on Buffalo. They seem to be building and building and building to this exact game. Cowboys, Cooper Rush just can't. He had a, he had a dreadful game. The Rams are a disgraceful Super Bowl champion. They are. They're dead in the water as far as I'm concerned. They didn't make Cooper Rush do anything, and they still lost. He had, he had 60 passing yards deep into the second half, and they were getting killed. So I, I think the party's mm-hmm. over for the Dallas Cowboys this week. Go Eagles. Matt, appreciate it as always, pal. And uh, we'll talk again uh, at the end of the week, okay? All right, go Mariners. There you go. That's uh, our buddy Matt Mitchell from the Action Network. Old boy Uncle Mitch over on Twitter and the Action Network. You can find all his stuff. He's brought to you by Potawatomi Casino, Hotel, Hotel Casino. Watch your hands with extra winnings. There you go. Warm them up. Play slots with your club card. Tuesdays in October for five-time the points. That's a Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That's PaysBig.com for all the information over there. Hour number two coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.